You are listening to SPN, the Sports Podcasting Network. Hey, wow. You know what? The imagination now. Everybody has changed. Now they're getting so uh, creative in terms of their thinking and what they can do. Man, it's, it's, this is the best I've seen. Yeah, when you jump that damn high, you got a lot of time. To He's up the floor. Reads a drop down. Kobe! And welcome back to Hardwood Radio. Ben, how you doing tonight? How are you doing, man? I am doing great. A lot. A lot better than LeBron James, probably. <laughs> what a tough week for LeBron James. Not just tough losses, but uh, now he's the new darling of social media because of the face he made when he got the ball stolen from him like Stephen Curry did. Wow, that was <laughs> just just a great face. When he realizes that it's Steph Curry taking the ball off his hands, he's like, ah, what do you want me to do? It's Curry. Uh, yeah. It's like, there's nothing I can do. Let's just watch him score now. Honestly, the healthy way to react when such thing happens is just to not think about it and go after the ball. But LeBron has always been too self-conscious. He's always been too prone to think during games. And that just hurt him. Like, you could see it in his face. And he looks, you could tell, he he realized that the ball gets stolen. And he looks at who who did it. He's like, he's like, <laughs> yeah. he's looking. Then he realizes it's Curry. Then the face changes. Like, oh well, what do you want? It's Curry. I'm not gonna catch him. I, what do you want me to do? It, it shouldn't matter to him, honestly, because he has the speed to catch him. But uh, he did, and like you could see right in this in this video, one of the reasons why LeBron didn't win like 10 championships in a row. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that game, we'll just start there today. We'll talk about uh, our mid-season report card, a little bit of the the trade market, but we'll start with uh, LeBron's horrible uh, week at the office. So let's start with that game, 132-98 for oh, man, the that Dubs. That was a beat down. You, you were texting me yeah, yesterday saying, dude, they demolished them. And to be politically correct, I'm not going to use the term that we told, we told each other. <laughs> but let's just say it wasn't pleasant at all. It wasn't pleasant. And it was such a – because yeah, what you got to know, what, what the listeners have to know is that the uh, Warriors lost the previous game to Detroit. And it was pretty much the only convincing – win I've seen all season against the Warriors put up by the Pistons. They were pissed. They wanted to make a point, and they wanted to make a point on LeBron. I think, uh, I remember before the holidays, I was telling you uh, for the um, Christmas game, uh, watch uh, LeBron, watch Draymond Green against uh, Kevin Love. This is the key matchup. It was not even a matchup there. It was... Uh, it, was it was Draymond Green and... Kevin Love tried. And yeah, it was Draymond Green and Draymond Green and Kevin Love. Uh, just like, he's, he got pulled of the game at some point because he was just getting killed. And this is complicated. This is complicating for, um, the, uh, for, for the Cavaliers for so many reasons. But 
you know, last year they didn't have given love in the playoffs, and everybody was giving their all, and they were they were overachieving, uh, trying to replace his offensive production. But if this happens in the playoff, Kevin Love is going on the bench and he's stinking up the joint with his like losing vibes, and because Kevin jo- Kevin Love is known to pout, and this is going to be a huge problem uh, for the Cavs if they don't find a solution to Draymond Green. Would the like, Cavs should? Would the Cavaliers yeah. exposed by by the Dubs this week? Where where they basically did it did uh, the Warriors show how to beat them with speed, with shooting, with just basically being <laughs> relentless and exposing the fact that their big bodies are not necessarily that mobile and they get they get tired and they get blown out. Well, that's the interesting part, right? Because part of this was just a bad week. <coughs> Pardon me. It was just a bad week at the office uh, from the Cavaliers. I have the uh, stats here. And um, Kyrie Irving shot for under 30%. Kevin Love shot for 20%. Um, they pulled they pulled some of their starters because they were doing so, so bad. So it was, it was just a bad day at the office. But what is very interesting is that earlier this week, I think last Monday, um, they were beaten by the San Antonio Spurs. But they had a great day at the office. Everybody in Cleveland was playing very well. And the Spurs found a way to beat uh, the Cavs. And for once, I think the first time since I'm watching basketball, Greg Popovich told them they played well. Yeah, I, I saw the image of him saying to Tony Parker, Tony, come here, come here, Tony, come here. And Tony's like, what? What? Good job out there. What? He's like, really? he's like you look good. Really? Really? That's it? Wow. Okay. But... Uh, and that makes me really, really intrigued for the uh, next Monday's uh, game, which is the Spurs against the uh, Warriors. But I wouldn't be surprised if um, Greg Popovich just decides to mail it in, just decides to bench Tony Parker and Tim Duncan and be... And to not deprive, show them anything, right? To, exactly, to... and deprive the Warriors of a complete evaluation of his team. Because... And in a way, it's smart because if you lose, your players are not going to feel that bad about the defeat because they're like, yeah, but in a way, we didn't play the tactics that we would play in the playoff game. And in a Pretty way, uh, the same thing on the W. They, they can't really be that confident because, yeah, we beat them, but Parker was only played like a quarter, yeah. Exactly. And what? Uh, but if this happens, expect Greg Popovich to be fined something like $500,000. Um, last time he did that was against Miami, and he got five. He got fined 250k. Wow, really? They got they got fined. Wow. Yeah, they, he benched Parker, Ginobili, and uh, Duncan and David Stern, who was the commissioner back there, was like, "You cannot bench the players. The people are coming to see. Like, you can't do that." So yeah, but he, Barcelona never gets uh, never gets uh, fined if Messi doesn't play a game. If they, if they, if are are they sitting Messi like for a target? Are they like not dressing him up? No, but sometimes yes for a cup game or something. They're not gonna dress him up, you know. Oh. It can happen. So it's surprising for me that because uh, tactically, if you don't want him to get injured, you can sit him for a little while. If you don't, it's not necessary in the game, you know. Yeah, it was a resting. I don't even think they made the. I don't even think they traveled with the team. Okay, yeah, they're okay. Like, There's a difference there. Okay, I, I can see. They were like, it. stay in San Antonio, guys. Yeah, okay, you guys are on meal. break. Stay exactly. home, kick your feet up, watch exactly. a, watch the NBA Network. <laughs> but these Which guys sucks, are so the these guys are so um, used 
to being San Antonio Spurs. They're so immersed in the culture. It didn't have any effect on them. Like they went to bed early and they were ready to rock the next day. No, exactly. Uh, so what do you expect? Uh, it's going to happen this week. You mentioned the big game next Monday, San Antonio and uh, the Spurs. Uh, San Antonio and the Spurs. San Antonio and the Warriors, uh, the Golden State, which is the big matchup we've been talking about all season long in the Western Conference that we expect <coughs> are going to be the conference finals. So it may be a preview there. What are the other big key matches that you're looking for this week, uh, Ben? Um, there's not many, there's not all that many, uh, there's no matches. one that topped this one. I get oh, it. Oh, no, no, that's, that, that's crazy. There's some, a bit of a, uh, a nerdy matchups. I think it's tomorrow that the, um, uh, New York Knicks are playing the, uh, Utah jazz. And I'm really, I've always been a really intellectually, uh, intellectually prone to watch the Utah jazz. They have a lot of intricate, uh, play calling and I'm, I really want to see how my Knicks are doing uh, against them. How's Przingis doing? He's doing great. He's doing great. He, he he's keeping we, it up, right? We had this. Uh, we had this really strange games against the 76ers yesterday, which which went into second OT. And but uh, Carmelo bailed us out. Uh, Porzingis just had a little problem with his foot, but he I think he scored like 17 points and 10 rebounds, something like that. It's it's pretty much a stat line right now. He gets close to 20 points, 10 rebounds or close, two blocks. He's uh, is 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 learning some consistency, which is very nice because we I will have to rely increasingly increasingly more rely on him more, you know. Absolutely, and now we're especially now we're getting uh, close to midseason, very close to the All Star game and the beginning of February, if I'm not mistaken. And the midseason report card is about now. And uh, uh, the format we talked about: a couple of A teams, B teams, C teams, D teams, etc. So we'll start with the D. And uh, what are the teams that you considered? <laughs> Barely passing grade this year in uh, the first half of the season in the NBA. Well, the first one might surprise you. I got Philadelphia at D. <laughs> well, yeah, at D? Not even an F? <laughs> no. Uh, well, the thing is, everybody expected them to suck, right? Well, they do. Uh, uh, yeah, they do. And <laughs> they're really, really bad. But they made some moves. They got themselves a, they got themselves a starting point guard who can minimally play in Ish Smith. He had, I think, 15, 16 points and 16 assists against the Knicks last night. Um, they've been doing some hires. They've been trying to get out of the hump. Um, after that, I got Milwaukee, who's at D, who was a huge disappointment this year. They did not live up to, uh, they did not live up to the expectations. Um, they are a bit of a mess. I saw their game against Charlotte, I think, last Saturday. They're a bit of a mess uh, offensively. Nobody in that team really can shoot, except for rookie Richard Vaughn. So uh, they're, they've been disappointing there. And the last team I have at D is um, pretty probably the biggest heartbreaker in the NBA this year, the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, my favorite team to hate. <laughs> How come? The ugliest name in sports in general. <laughs> like, I think I said this once on this show before. The least intimidating and the least... Uh, it doesn't evoke any any aspect of sports prowess when you think about a pelican. Well, the jazz is pretty bad too. Yes, but uh, <laughs> you know, you, you can't debate the jazz. At least, at least <laughs> the jazz had good teams back then, you know? 
Uh, I guess. I don't know. It's just me. Uh, I, I'll be fair. The colors, the more I watch NBA, the more I see them play, the more the actual colors of the logo are not as bad as I previewed them. But uh, damn, just a name. Just the name. Uh, it's the Pelicans and- themselves. <laughs> and they're and they've been really bad this year. Everybody thought like, Anthony Davis is coming back, new coach. To be uh, fair, but, I, I know you follow a lot of college sports, and there is a lot of worse names in college sports, like Orange Frogs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of bad team names, but uh, Pelicans is one of them, in my opinion. The Sooners. What does that mean? The Sooners. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. They, they come sooner than other people. You know? I, I hope not for them. <laughs> they're early at parties. <laughs> What's that name? Um, I, I I don't know, but uh, there's like Cornhuskers, which basically if you're from Nebraska, I, that's a program that when I was a kid used to be so good. Anyways, it's not a college football show, but yeah. <laughs> I, I, li- I like the word Cornhusker, but I don't even know what it means. Uh, it's, it's somebody that uh, harvests corn and takes the, the husk out of the corn. Oh, really? The husk gets the outside of the corn, yeah. Oh, that's boring then. Yeah, exactly. Very, very boring. <laughs> but uh, Very yeah, tedious, the- too. <laughs> the Pelicans, the Pelicans are like everybody thought they would be good like, because Anthony Davis would emerge this year, but it didn't happen. It was not. It was not. Uh, Anthony Davis was injured. He played timidly, and everybody else on the team has been injured basically. And now, move. Do you have any any failed grade? Do you have any grade worse than? Oh, you? I have. I have some Fs. Okay, give us. I, a F. A I thought you only. I, did, I thought you didn't have any Fs, but uh, let's oh, go with the Fs. I got. Um, well, if Philly's not an F, oh, Phoenix, the Suns, all right. Phoenix, Phoenix began the year okay, but they completely fell apart. I don't know what's going on in Phoenix, but I think they're zero and eighteen on the road or something like that. Uh, they they just can't find a way to win. The the the, the fire seems that it, it has caught the arena, and nothing is going right. If I was them right now, I would just uh, trade every asset I got and like rebuild from scratch. And another F grade outside of Phoenix. Oh well, the two others, the two other I got at F are. Um, our um, usual suspects, I got the Lakers, who are <laughs> doing really, really bad this year, and who are benching their rookies, which is a huge mistake if you want to win a year like this, and the Brooklyn uh, Nets. Well, who, well, they want to make sure that they don't emerge and become good, <laughs> you know? But they are hurting They are hurting their own prospects at a better future. Yeah, for now. But next year, it'll be half the team will be gone. It'll be to, it'll be the post Kobe era, you know. But but they got D'Angelo Russell last year at the draft, second pick overall, and they're not playing him. He's playing not even twenty minutes a game. They should put him in the D league. They, they, this kid, this kid is getting benched in four quarters, and he hates himself. <laughs> like you can see him loping on the bench in four quarters, and honestly, there's no reason to do that. The, the, the Lakers right now. Are like that guy with a beautiful family with two sons with a future, and he's going away to gamble it all in Vegas for tits and a stupid American dream. <laughs> hey, <laughs> what did I do to you? Oh, wait, never mind, never mind, never mind. Uh, I agree with you, but for one thing, though, the Lakers, it's unfair you put them in a failed grade because for them, it's a season that doesn't count, right? It's an exhibition season, it's just like the Globetrotters, it's just like the, the Kobe sent off party, no? It's what they seem to want, honestly. <laughs> it's what they seem to want. They've been uh, they've been acquiring all these veterans like Lou Williams and Brandon Bass in the summertime, but um, they're playing like a team who wants to lose. And the biggest giveaway is Byron Russell, 
Um, he just he has no business as a coach. He is sabotaging the future of this team by like, poor he's coaching. He's going to be there next year. We, we, like I said, not just a player, but a lot of the coaching staff. Are like, like next year, the Lakers will be the the one of the team that's going to have the biggest overall in a long mm-hmm. time in the NBA. And the Lakers will have a different, I don't want to say face because it's a cliche. Yeah, I do love cliches though. Yeah, <laughs> they'll have a different face outside of Kobe, but outside of the entire organization for the first time in what, almost 25 years now. Um, most likely, but if they fall outside of the top three in the lottery, in the draft lottery um, uh, this year, what's going to happen is this face next year is going to be D'Angelo Russell. And how do you mend fences with the kid you benched all all uh, year long? I don't know. It's easy. But, they told him, okay, everything you look at this year, don't do next year. Okay, and you'll be fine. <laughs> Most likely, I don't think the kid has been has done so bad this year. But he's just he's, he just doesn't get along with his coach, and like everybody is telling the media that the coach is the problem there. That the kid is probably fine, probably just wants to play. And your last F team. The Brooklyn Nets. I mean, we've discussed them. So sad. They have... They were close. They were close. They had something special going on. And they just... Because of the fact that they're bad now, they're just... uh, Their fan base is actually eluding right now. Oh, very much so. And it's a difficult fan base. Like It's the uh, Brooklyn hipsters. Exactly. Um, But the thing is with them is that they don't have a future and they don't seem willing to commit... To build one, they need to trade their assets, which are good assets on a championship team, but they need to trade their assets for um, um, uh, draft considerations. Like they need to build right now. They need to get young guys. They need to change the face of this uh, of this franchise. They don't. They, Brook Lopez is a nice player, but you're not going to win a championship with uh, Brook Lopez and his broken feet. To put in terms that I would remember from my time uh, back when, it's a team of Tracy McGrady's, but they're no Vince Carter's. Ah, yes. No, no, I don't even think there's a Tracy McGrady there. (laughs) Okay. So so it's a team of Junkyard Dog, and there's no Vince Carter. Kind of. Kind of. There's no Tracy McGrady. I I wish for for them they had a Tracy McGrady, but uh, there's none. (laughs) <laughs> All right, let's go uh, in the, a little bit more positive side now in the C grade. Which are your uh, your three teams that made the C grade in the, the most, first half of the, the season? The most positive C I got is probably for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, the Sacramento Kings have been... Everybody was expecting them to be a F at midseason. They were like, the pieces don't fit. Uh, they suck. They're a, they're a bunch of... Uh, low character guys and they've been keeping it together they have so much talent on that team and right now they're knocking at the door of a playoff seed and i think they're going to go crazy at the uh, trade deadlines in order to uh, seal a uh, playoff series against the warriors and just throw the everything in the kitchen sink at them yeah as crazy as it may sound (laughs) No, yeah, exactly. And you were talking earlier in the history of Hardwood Radio how the Kings were surprising you. In fact, where you would expect them to be the laughing stock of the season, and then you had Philly and LA taking that job in the NBA oh, yeah. this year. And the Kings can slowly but surely just progress. Oh yeah, and they are progressing. And it's just 
unclear what they want to do with their roster from now to the trade deadline. I'm expecting something crazy still. I still think they haven't evacuated all the crazy in their organization. <laughs> and another C team bet. Um, the Charlotte Hornets, I hesitated. I almost put them in B because everybody expected them to be an F again. But they were doing fine in the first two months. They were doing really great. But um, I don't know what has caught up to them. I was watching the game against Milwaukee, like I told you. Um, they just have, they're just in a big shooting slump. And if they don't have their shooting, they have no other way to score. They score from the outside or not at all. And they took, like I think, an 18-point lead against Milwaukee and they flushed it away because nobody can shoot. So it shows you how one-dimensional the team is. But you know what? Steve Clifford, he, he rounded the troops. All the guys are pushing in the same direction. And I think they're one of the teams looking up. And uh, your last seed thing. Um, the most depressing seed would go to the Chicago Bulls. Wow, did you see Noah leave the, leave the game too with uh, some sort of left leg knee problem? Oh, yeah, he's, he's gone. He's gone for the season. I think he has four to six months. There you uh, go. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> we were talking about a couple of weeks ago how if Noah goes down, it's a big problem. And he was always like in and out with different injuries. Now, wow, he could be gone for a long time now. I think it's a big problem for the Bulls because they're not going to be able to flip his contract. But it's a big problem for Noah too. I'm not sure in eight months but during, uh, at the start of the next season if somebody's going to take uh, a risk on him. Somebody's going to roll the dice. Uh, he has been plagued by injury for the last two years. He's been ridiculous. And I'm not sure somebody is going to give him a minimum contract in order to, in order to join the teams. Moving on to bigger and better things. Bees. Yes. The bees. Oh, bees. Um, my first B would go, well, some people would say they're, they're, they're an A, um, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Well, with the last week, I kind of understand why you put them in B. They're not, they're not there yet. They, I'm not, and I'm not sure how they can go over the hump. They're good. They're good enough to win the East for probably for the next three years, but they're just not great. Like they're not. Uh, LeBron James is great. He's like one of the best three player in the game, but I'm not sure if they, they amount to more than the sum of their parts. They don't look like a team when they're playing, and they have elements that I'm really really questioning. Like Kevin Love, I'm not sure he has a very bright future in uh, Cleveland and they have like a lot of money uh, invested in him so they're not going to move him easy is it possible that the team is a little bit too built around LeBron and the fact that the other player might be lost in their own game that if LeBron is covered what do we do now it's a possibility but um, Miami made it work Miami had a good back, back yeah but guy. Miami had Dwayne Wade and Chris Posh uh, yeah, but the, the the arguments Cleveland has is that they have Kyrie Irving, who is probably better than Dwayne Wade now, okay. and they have Kevin Love, who is supposed to be better than Chris Bosh, but Chris Bosh has been so much better than him this year. Renaissance in the Chris Bosh this year. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Chris Bosh is having a renaissance here. The, the reason is simple. He's healthy, and he's the main uh, offensive option of the team. Yeah, uh, makes a big difference as well. Oh, big big time. Another B team outside of uh, Cleveland. 
Um, I put it's a bit of a sentimental choice, but I put my New York Knicks in there. Really? Well, what would justify them having a B team? Let's play devil's advocate here. They've been uh, they've been really going. Uh, they've been they, oh, sorry. They've been going over and beyond everybody's expectations. They've been overachieving with a lineup. Even even if they weren't the Knicks, like that lineup shouldn't be winning as much as it does. Part of it is Kristaps Porzingis. Part of it is Phil Jackson conning uh, Carmelo Anthony into being a leader. But um, <laughs> I don't think anybody expected them to be on track to win uh, 40 games this year. If they could have a playoff spot, it would be the perfect transition year for the Knicks. Your uh, second, yeah, your last B team, sorry. Uh, the Detroit Pistons. Uh, the Pistons, they, one of the only teams who beat uh, the Dubs this week, uh, this year. Well, this week, yes, this week, yeah, this year too. They've been them convincingly. They've been they've beaten them like uh, by I think fifteen points, but I don't think the Dubs led uh, once in the game. Wow, uh, that is very rare. The Pistons have a good offensive system. They have the. Uh, Stan Van Gundy offensive system that led the Orlando Magic to the finals in 2009. Uh, they've got good shooters. They've got good, young, long, athletic players. And they're, they're lacking consistency right now. The guys are still learning to play with each other. But give them, give them two years and they'll be right on top of the Eastern Conference. Moving on up to the top three teams, in your opinion, the A-grade teams that had a... Not necessarily perfect grade, but very close to it in the first season, uh, the first half of the season. Well, the only team that has a perfect grade, the only team that has had a half season like a symphony, and I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm, and I'm talking here since last July, everything they have done is so <laughs> harmonious and so surprising and elating. It's like, it's like music to my ears. It's the San Antonio Spurs. They have been so... They have... They have acquired the best free agent on the market last summer. It was not a fit at all with their team. Uh, they struggled a little bit in the beginning. They found ways to uh, integrate him. And now they are on pace for the, for the uh, best uh, point differential for, in one season for uh, the history of the NBA. They are going to beat the record, basically, that the Warriors established last year. They are just crushing teams, night after night after night. And they have Boban Marjanovic in their team, so I like them. Another team with an <laughs> A grade that I would venture to guess. Uh, the Golden State Warriors, of course, of course. They had. <laughs> How can you had, not when you were 24 and now? They had another... It's the, only, the second team, we have two teams this year that are having an historical season. I know, and because of the Golden State Warriors' achievement, uh, we don't talk about Centennial enough. We do try to, but we don't do it enough. We don't do it enough, but the teams are neck-to-neck -neck now. And for the second half of the season, everybody's going to talk about it. I don't think... Uh, <coughs> sorry, uh, Greg Popovich expected this. I don't think Greg Popovich wanted this, but he has a well-oiled machine in his hands, and this team is going to hurt in the playoffs. What I'm dying to see is how the um, Spurs, who are the slowest team in the league uh, per possession, they're taking almost always their 24 seconds of possession against the Warriors, who are the quickest team in the league. 
So how this is going to play out, I'm very curious. But both teams are in a class of their own. And outside those top two teams in the league, basically, which other team got your A grade for this uh, first half of this season? Um, my my dark horse, my 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 very um, emotional choice is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, they were considered to be uh, dead in the water when they um, when the season started with their college coach. What are they doing? Uh, Kevin Durant is going to um, leave at the end of the year. But right now, as things are standing right now, they have a better record than Cleveland. Yeah, which is uh, surprising in a way. But uh, Kevin Durant, is it sure he's going to leave? Do you, do you really think he's going to leave? Uh, it depends. I think that if they collapse in the playoff, he's totally going to leave. But if they beat either San Antonio or Golden State, one of them, maybe not both, I think he's, he, I think he's staying. Yeah, you might need to beat both to win the, 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 the West. <laughs> Just oh, to win yeah. the West, you, know, you might need to beat those two teams. He's going. He's going to have to beat those two teams to win the West. And if he beats those two teams, um, Cleveland on the other end is not going to stand a chance. But um, I don't think he's going to beat those two teams. But if he beats one, I think he stays in uh, in OKC. All right. So that wraps up our mid-season report card. Let's finish the show today, Ben, by doing a quick top 10 power rankings. People love power rankings. They love to talk about it, debate it. And you can talk about it and debate it. Just mm-hmm. send us your thought on our ranking at sportspodcastingnetwork at gmail.com or mm-hmm. hardwood, R-D-I-O, on Twitter. Uh, let's go with your number 10. Who's your uh, top 10 team in the NBA right now? After after their win against Golden State, I have to put Detroit in. I think there are players now. I think they are looking to they, they they are looking up and they can see the top of the standings. They they they're they're very very impressive teams and there are teams I don't see uh, fa- uh, uh, failures in. I don't see a much of uh, much flaws. I just think they're young and they need some time to adjust to one another. Number nine, um, the Memphis Grizzlies. I saw uh, the Grizzlies play the Knicks this week and it was. It was impressive. It's very hard to uh, to uh, go against Mark Gasol and um, and uh, Zach Randolph. These two guys are going to pound your front lines, and if you don't have a guy consistently shooting threes that can drag one of the or one or the other to um, the um, uh, three point lines, you're just not going to win. You're just going to get stifled inside. Number eight. Um, this one's difficult. I went uh, for the Bulls. Uh, Isn't it the Hawks? Oh yeah, my bad. It was the Hawks. Uh, but the, the Hawks, the Bulls, the, the Bulls. Just closely seven. over the Bulls. Yeah, um, the Bulls, the Hawks. It's honestly, if that's could before be a, Noah was injured, by the way. Yeah, so. yeah. If it could be a seven point five and have both there, I put them both there. <laughs> they're a bit on the treadmill. They're they're um, playoff teams. They are really uh, clearly playoff teams. I just don't know uh, if they can win a series in the playoff given the wrong uh, matchup. So we said the Bulls were seven. Number six. Uh, the Los Angeles Clippers, who are playing a lot better than they used to. Um, they are not still not convincing me to put them in the top five, but they play a very competent game right now. Um Chris Paul has been uh, looking alive more as a distributor. He's uh, stopped shooting so much, and uh, DeAndre Jordan is learning to get out of the way. So I, I like I like them. 
number five, and some people in the North will be happy about this one. Oh, yeah, the Toronto Raptors, who are out and about. And these guys, are what I like about these guys is that they're playing fast. They're playing an open court game. It's spectacular. It's fun to watch. And they, since they added the DeMar Carroll to their lineup, they are a greedy team. They're, they, they, seem to, uh, they seem to want it a lot more. And they're, they're fun to watch. Number four. Uh, surging Oklahoma City. Um, there are really, there are really, um, they're destroying guys right now. They're Oklahoma City. They're just, they're just rolling over teams, and probably they're the most fun team to watch in the NBA south of Golden State. Number three, uh, Cleveland. Uh, LeBron Cle- and his face. <laughs> Cleveland. They're at. They are. Uh, they are a. Um, Clear three right now after after that week, but they're still they're still one of the best teams uh, in the NBA. That's for sure. They have so much talent. Uh, they're going to they're going to win the East. I don't even have a second thought about that. Number two, the Golden State Warriors. I put the Golden State Warriors number two. Probably I'm the only one. I'm the only person in the world that did. <laughs> but um, I think they're they're having a little bit of fatigue from being under all that scrutiny. And their young age is showing. They're in uncharted territory right now. They don't have any people that ever lived through a situation like that. Um, they're still young. They're still impressive. I think. I think they're they're going through uh, uh, the they're going through a hump right now. But it might get resolved real soon because guess who's back? And the number one in the. Hardwood Radio Top 10 Power Rankings for the week of January 1st, uh, January 19th is... San Antonio Spurs. Ta-da! Oh, yeah. There are... They, there's not a wrong note to what they have done so far in this season. They haven't had a weak game. They, uh, they have been resting guys and winning. <laughs> and they have... Uh, they, they've just... Uh, they're playing beautiful basketball. They're, they're they're back at playing beautiful basketball. They find a way to win with old legs, and they are they are right now in a predatory position against the Golden State Warriors. They have the experience. They know how playoff basketball is played. They know how important basketball is played. They they, they are alone at, on top with the uh, with the Golden State Warriors, but they are behind them and they have a knife out. Ben, thank you very much for joining me tonight on Harvard Radio. That was my pleasure. And uh, stay tuned Monday again, our game to watch this week. The Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, no, the San Antonio Spurs <laughs> versus the Dubs. The Dubs and the Spurs. Uh, the Dubs, which actually destroyed the Cavaliers. That's why I was confused. But yes, Monday night, the Golden State Warriors versus San Antonio for maybe a preview of the potential conference well western conference final in the playoffs so who's back training with the golden state too as well ben coach kerr coach steve kerr is back Woo! yeah it's amazing he's been draining trees from half court showing steph curry how it's done at training so it's a question of time before we see him uh on the sidelines at the games that's a very great news and again monday night we have the Golden State Warriors, San Antonio Spurs in a showdown to not necessarily for the best team right now, but eventually this might be the Western Conference Championship Finals. Uh, ben, we'll talk to you next week. 
Uh, stay tuned to the Sports Podcasting Network. A lot of great new shows debuting this week. And until next time, pass the ball. You were listening to SPN, the Sports Podcasting Network. Visit us, sportspodcastingnetwork.com. <laughs>